Hello everyone, it is so good to see you back. I can't see any of you. This is a podcast, it's not a visual medium, it's okay. You knew what you signed up for. This is Ashley Lauren Rogers, I am the producer and editor of the Is a Transphobic Podcast. I know that the podcast was a little touch and go. I, I sort of threw out to everyone that I might be canceling the podcast, and it, it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, I, who knows? Who knows what can happen? I know I'm rambling. And it's because I wanted this to be real. It's because CM Punk just came back to wrestling, and that's what he said, and so that's what I decided to go in with. Doesn't It makes for great professional wrestling, not so great podcasting, but that's okay. My initial intent was to come back, because this is year five. This is our fifth anniversary, specifically this month, specifically around the time that this will be going out. But... I wanted to release an episode on It's Always Sunny, because that was the first episode we ever did, was It's Always Sunny. But my audio, I sounded like I was in a tin can. I'm using the same microphone that I'm using now. I don't know why. My backup audio sounds like I was in a tin can. So instead of doing that, I am going to make the call that we're going to release the first episode back. We're releasing the episode on Stage Beauty, which is a movie I had never heard of but was a Patreon request. And if you want to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash isatransphobic, you can be amazing and wonderful, and you can request specific pieces that we could try and tackle. I might not want to do it for various reasons, but for the most part, yeah, like nothing is really off limits. So if you go to patreon.com slash isatransphobic, and be, I believe it's a $5 or more patron, then yeah, you can suggest media that we can hopefully sit down and try and tackle. That said, I will release the It's Always Sunny episode, because it was a great episode. I just, I don't want to release an episode where I sound like I'm a tin can after taking two months off. Okay, I've wasted enough time. And a special thanks to Lily for requesting this episode on Patreon. Is It Transphobic will be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. Hello, my name is Ashley Lauren Rogers. I am the creator and producer of the Is It Transphobic podcast. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. And today I'm being joined by... Hi, I'm Maya Murphy. I am an actor and general weirdo in the New York City area, and also I am the one of the co-hosts for Damn You, Uncle Lewis, the Patreon-only podcast spinoff from Scream Queens, where I also regularly guest host. Hi there, I'm Bailey C. Ellis. I use he, him, or they, them pronouns. I am also an actor. I am from Long Island, born and raised in this wonderful place. Ha 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 ha. And I'm just really excited to be uh, back here. Oh, shit. I forgot my pronouns. Yeah, you do. I mean, I forgot that's... to say them. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's, that's a regular them. occurrence for a lot of folks that I've talked to, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, what and am what I using everybody... today? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Generally agnostic. She and they are both great. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so we're talking about a a piece that honestly i'd never heard of we'll, we'll get into that in a sec but I'd, I'd not actually heard of this movie but it's called stage beauty and it was a patreon request i'm going to pull up my patreon to shout out the person who requested it for those that don't know on the patreon you can in fact go a, a certain price tier 
And with that tier, you can request a piece of media that we talk about. This was my friend Lily, and Lily wanted stage beauty. Uh, now, that said, I had to kind of put a thing just in case as a like, hey, I'm not just going to like, you can't just send me porn and say like, well, I paid you money. Porn is great. <laughs> Sex work is work. At the same time, I'm not going to talk about, maybe we will. Maybe we should do an entire episode on trans I think porn, that's a higher like, a higher pay tier, though, it, to review porn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it feels yeah. way, yeah, it feels like a lot more legwork that I'm going to have to do in order to get that. <laughs> oh, no, no, not with, oh, no, not with porn. Anyway, uh, I have, wow, okay, maybe my ADD is kicking in. Porn, right. porn, 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 yay! So, we're very porn positive, we're very sex worker positive. Hey, if you want to hear it, talk to me. So, that said, Lily wanted us to talk about uh, Stage Beauty. This is a movie, again, I've never actually heard of. Bailey, Maya, what is your uh, relationship with this movie? Is this the first time you've heard about heard it? I've never heard of this. I I was interested to see that it was based on a play and mm -hmm. like many movies adapted from plays, I, I think that showed a few, a few places. Yeah. I had, I had no previous experience with this. Yeah. Me either. I honestly, I never heard of this. And obviously, you know, as, as, uh, us, as us queer people do, we kind of end up Googling the entire cast and then other things about it. And apparently I found out that this was based on an actual person. So I kind of went into that with, okay, this is going to be interesting, but hopefully they do them justice. I will say the original playwright, the one that this piece is based on, is named Jeremy, or Jeremy, Jeffrey Hatcher. I am not super familiar with Jeffrey's work, so I can't necessarily speak to a lot of his other stuff. I thought that there were some really interesting moments in this that I enjoyed. I thought that there were some really cool, there is some really cool gender play. And much like you say, Bailey, a lot of these folks are based on real historical figures. I was really interested to see Samuel Pepys in there because I was like, wait, what? Like, if you don't know Samuel Pepys and you're not like me and a nerd for like <laughs> from that era's lit British lit Samuel Pepys wrote this really illuminating set of diaries all about like how how the world actually was and was never intended to be published specifically so it's really like oh I stepped over a dead body today here it is I got <laughs> caught by my wife cheating so she beat me I deserved it like type of like really like interesting accounts of how life works and so Samuel Pepys is sort of around as this like person chronicling things and just sort of like really a back character but it's just like wait Samuel Pepys <laughs> oh I mean so Truth be told, the only name I recognized in this was, uh, what's his name, Richard uh, Griffiths? I don't know. For some reason, surnames are like, it takes me like 20 years to learn how to pronounce one name. But the guy the guy from Harry Potter who played the uh, the, the mean uncle or whatever, that's the only thing I ever knew him from. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. We go on a tour of all the older male British character actors. Just stare <laughs> at him and be like... Oh yeah, you're that guy from that thing. And then and then you know I go to IMDb because I can't place it. I'm like, oh, that's right. You you were an American gangster in that Batman movie. That made sense. So the movie itself is uh, essentially the story of both the decision by the British court to allow women to not only allow women to portray women on stage, but exclusively stating only women can now portray women on stage, which is handled in a very interesting way. And the more we got into, yeah, I'm using the word interesting, Maya. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'll give you that moment. But like, it's handled in an interesting way, but absolutely in this way that is, I get why this piece was pushed towards us. I get it. 
like the more you see and the more you hear a lot of the the stories of these characters the more i'm like oh even though there's no one explicitly stating that they are a trans character it's like there's a lot of like gender play and there's a lot of trans trans adjacent things that can be talked about oh yeah. there's a lot of things i would see like like little quotes to put on a trans-centric Pinterest board. And I, I wrote down I wrote down a bunch of these lines of dialogue that were just like, oh yeah, no, like as a little baby queer as a teenager, like I would I would write that line on the back of my English notebook. So I would see it and like have this little affirmation for myself. I don't think this movie comes together, so I want to apologize for about how mean I'm gonna be. Because like you said, I think there's little nuggets and pieces that are effective and interesting. But then the narrative will be like, and here's a lesson from that. Like that's the wrong direction. Get back here, movie. And then the <laughs> Like, honestly, piggybacking off of that, I feel like they had, like, a real setup for, you know, the main character Ned's gender exploration, but they just really didn't deliver on it, you know? Oh, I think they more than didn't deliver. I think they explored it, and then we noped back out of that and fully realized him into compulsory heterosexuality. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I hate that. Like, I think, you know, and I don't... I oh, sorry. <laughs> No, no. It, the internet is weird. I, I just wanted to kind of like point out also, there's a certain extent that I think Ned may be bisexual, but I don't know how much of that was in the original play and how much of that was adapted for the movie, particularly because of his like sexual dealings with a number of folks in the beginning, a number of women in the beginning of the piece, but then also having a real relationship with uh, a male, a, a cis male member of the court, and then also kind of ending up with Claire Danes in the end. And like, so I want to make the case that he could very well be bisexual. Oh, he, he could sure be bisexual. And yeah. like, I, mm -hmm. I, I get very up in arms yeah. about bi erasure, but mm -hmm. the way that the movie handles other things, and do, do we have to do a synopsis of the movie in chronological order? Because I will, I will hold what I'm saying until later if you want to try to be vaguely chronological. We, we rarely do chronological. Why don't we just, before we get too into it, because I already want to start jumping into this movie, yeah. let's at least give some sort of like, breakdown of what is this movie because i don't think people okay. even know like ned our our male hero has made a career out of playing shakespeare women and his assistant i kept thinking they were calling her mrs but she's not married i don't know claire danes whose name is mariah <laughs> is is his assistant but she like knows all the lines and does all the gestures and oh if she could be on the stage wouldn't that be lovely and she kind of has a crush on him and, and i don't know stuff because we we run into the british royal court and there's we steal some costumes and go to dinner with the king like you do. And then we convince the king that, yes, women should be able to play women. And wouldn't it be great if Claire Danes could play women? So then we finally, Claire Danes gets to be on stage playing opposite this man she has a crush on that she has studied under. But she can't do it without his help because women aren't good at stuff. So then he helps her and they do Shakespeare. <laughs> Right. I mean, to be fair, also, to be fair to that, because you're you're absolutely right. The way that you described that is absolutely right. Part of that is this whole, like, women haven't been able to be on the court. So, of course, there are going to be men that are looked at as much better at the craft because they've literally, in, very much like what Ned has been stating, like, oh, I trained and I've done, and the, but there is that, like. And there's a scene where he helps her and he's like, yeah. that's what rehearsal does. Just yeah. like, oh, my God. As I watch this, like, you know, you know, kind of keep my eyes peeled for, you know, what could, you know, definitely what could be defined as transphobic. But really, the things that really hit me were just the outright misogyny and the sexism. But I mean, 
I mean, the the time that this was definitely based in, it's like that's definitely what the world was like back then. That still <laughs> was just like, like, good God, it was uncomfortable to watch. But I I think I ran into something that what what came to me is the most transphobic and. Feel free to fight me, disagree me, correct me. When we have this bedroom scene where Claire Danes has gone to rescue Ned. Sorry, I'm bad at switching between actor and character names. <laughs> gone to rescue Ned from his lowest point because he's been laughed out in an audition. And she like puts him up in her bed and takes care of him. And then she's like, okay, well, if I mount you this way, am I the man or am I the woman? Okay, so if I sit with you this way, okay, no, you're the woman. And then and I think there's this real... I don't like we blur the lines between gender identity, between sexuality, between, well, if, if you're having sex with this person this way, it reflects on your gender this way. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of some mistaken ideas I had before I, I knew any trans people when I was an idiot teenager trying to figure things out from what media I had. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, well, that means you're the girl in the relationship having, it has no fucking bearing on that. Now, to the best of my knowledge, Jeffrey Hatcher, the original playwright and the one that adapted the screenplay, is a cis man and is an older cis white man. And all of this fits like it it just it's one of those things where it's like, yep, this is like one of those like, who's the man in the relationship? Who does the dishes? Who's the like, you know, like all these soccer practice? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like. So so all of that very much fits. That's not to say that cis white men can't write interesting characters and write interesting things and put themselves in other positions as writers. But it's definitely an older cis white man going, I'm so enlightened. I'm just going to say it right now. Cis white men really need to stick to writing about cis white men. Because I have seen so many authors, playwrights, screenwriters, and what have you writing about uh, characters of color, writing about women, writing about queer characters, and they have no clue what they're doing. No No fucking clue. I am I am going to agree and challenge you on that. Only okay. because I also run a number of courses about writing more trans and non-binary characters from people outside of that experience. It tends to be mostly cis women who are taking that course, but there are a lot of and I I think it's it, because it is 100% understandable why why anyone would feel the way that like you should you should stay out of that lane, you should not write for trans characters. At the same time, it's more a matter of in my opinion doing your research, talking to folks who, like, getting to know the community and being, like, a real true ally of the community, and that's a really hard thing to to understand when you become one, and not yeah. just say, oh yeah, I am. And I think that's what's really the the, the main issue when it comes mm. to that, is like, we've, we've seen enough, we have, because you're absolutely right, we've seen so much representation that has been garbage from... Representation. Yeah. The, the air quotes we we've had we've had conversations about air quotes on this podcast uh, but got bailey but, with me ah. but yeah yeah you, you're, you're bringing bailey into this come on maya <laughs> let me let me yeah. amend my, my statement then the big issue is that a lot of these people don't do their research they don't consult the people you know any of the people they're writing about you know any of the communities they're writing about and then they refuse to take the criticism when people say hey this is really garbage you're not really doing justice so i do give props to those who actually do their research and bring queer people on board when writing about queer people but for the most part i've seen if you're not going to even bother stay in your lane that's what i'm going to say i think that's a great way to look at it do the homework 
do the homework, hire a sensitivity reader if you don't know anybody. And even if you do know somebody, compensate them for their time because they are statistically likely to make less money than you. Um, And the the rest of the part that bothered me outside of that one little scene is we we do spend all this time with Ned talking about he he studied for four years before he was allowed to put on a dress and then five years before he could put on a wig. And now he only plays women. And there's all these scenes that are they're trying to play as edgy and sexy where Claire Danes is like, well, why don't you play men? Why can't you play men? And he's only fully realized when he can play men, too. And that's when he's sexy. And that's when he starts fucking Claire Danes. But. That's the message. Yeah, I loved honestly, like the the lead up to that moment actually endeared me to the movie a little bit. It wasn't necessarily it happening, and it was definitely a like so there so kind of along the point of what we were just saying as well, there is a certain extent that a lot of cis gay men, I do not know if Jeffrey Hatcher is gay, but a lot of cis gay men in particular tend to write have tended in the past to write trans characters and drag queens as one thing, which again, like we're different, we're different, but at the same time, there is a whole conversation about how there's a lot of intersections. And so gender is presentation versus gender is identity. And that's a whole dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other podcast that we could do, but, but at the same time, like it's very much the, like I I've been calling it the two Wong Fu problem, which is that we're looking at, a trans character and putting trans things to them, but we're calling them something else. And we're looking at them as something that is very much not trans. And so because of that, there's a lot of like wishy-washy, like, well, maybe this character is trans, especially because so much of his identity and regardless of whether he later is like, I am a trans woman, there is, I will make the case, a trans experience in being forced to, participate in a gender and remove elements of your gender like he he oh, mentioned and, and again it was for a part really great and i my handwriting is so bad i don't know where i wrote these these quotes but uh, yeah like parts of the scenes rang rang mm-hmm. very true as oh. as trans for me uh, oh yeah he says i can act a man there are things i can be as a woman i cannot be as a man like he's mm. he's trying to sort out his experience and like these mm-hmm. little nuggets of gold were in the dialogue i just got very frustrated at the overall arc of the movie mm, uh, yeah. but like one of the things i did like was when he's a woman on stage he has lots of makeup and because we're doing othello when he's a man on stage he has <laughs> lots of makeup gender is just what makeup you're wearing today okay i am screaming so much with this movie let me also just talk about this why othello like i i get that it is a very popular shakespearean piece i do at the exact same time you cannot escape and this is not though this is not a classic movie this is like the aughts if you're like if you're putting something in your script and it's othello and it's this is the only one where a woman dies on stage Ashley, so I think I think Maya is being sarcastic, but I don't know if Maya has their sarcasm meter up. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's in my bag with my air quotes. Yeah, yeah no, yes. we we had to choose it because it's fun, but like I don't. Everyone like Othello is in the common vernacular, but I don't think most people off the streets in America in the early aughts could tell you about the Desdemona death scene. Though we make this like imbued object of the death pillow like it turns out that this is an antique death pillow that that ned's mentor gave him and then claritine steals it to do like secret theater for her death pillow because that's what really sells othello is is that pillow plush are you really gonna suffocate her with that oh my god 
meaningful props. Is it? Is it meaningful? Or are we trying way too hard in our screenwriting? I think the latter of the two there. Probably. No, um, sorry. The the actual point. Why Othello? <laughs> There's no fucking reason to do Othello. You know what would have been cool is maybe any of the many Shakespeare plays where there is a gender swap. Maybe that would have fit. We'll never so, know. We'll never know. Because that's not what they chose. They chose to choose something where they could have blackface in it. So great. Okay. Yeah. We get to put multiple okay. different actors in blackface as different guys yeah. play the Moors. So yeah. hooray for that. But well, we have to fit as many as many different types of oppression from back then as possible. So, you know, people and could not... sit there and say, oh yeah, good thing it's not like that today. Yep. And yep. the other, like the other, the other big thing, and especially why it's so interesting that they included Samuel Pepys as, as a rando character. It, it's just like, there is a certain extent that like we look at the past as, oh, it was the horrible times. And don't get me wrong. There was misogyny. There was, as as Maya can attest watching some like it hot, there was a lot of, particularly <laughs> in the media of olden times, very overt misogyny being shown. But at the same time, I feel like we look at that and think, oh, that's exactly how it was all the time, when in reality, there were a lot of people. Like, I, I, I just, I feel like we look at the olden times as like, purely sexist purely this thing and it's just like there there is a nuance to it that i think a lot of these pieces have to hit you over the head with because they're like hey remember we're a play about misogyny yeah <laughs> or we're yeah, a movie about a misogyny. Well. they yeah. hit you with that harder than a <laughs> so sick we open the movie <laughs> with someone who's working in the theater running around grabbing the butts of all the people dressed as women mm -hmm. and that's how we know claire danes is a real woman because she goes no don't touch my butt <laughs> <laughs> like they hit you over the head with this stuff mostly so hard yeah like oh God. oh like... oh, oh. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry this is this is i'm just gonna derail this all sorry, day Bailey, uh, my, we brought maya in and maya is very passionate right now <laughs> really, we'll i'm sorry you did you sec. finish your point please please no, I, was, I was just gonna mention just getting back to you know what you know we our opinions of the most uh transphobic scene honestly i feel like it's when the propositions ned and those two fangirls who were just good god that is the most stereotype of gay fangirls i've ever seen in my life and like i feel like you know just the way that scene is played for laughs it's just, mm -hmm. just and then you know basically like you know they got the uh fop you know tries to basically stick it to him throughout the uh, the rest of the movie you know for not but we like the fop now because now the fop has adopted claire danes <sighs> His behavior is okay now because now he's taking care of the real woman after literally assaulting Ned. Yeah. Uh, and I agree. I in my notes in all caps from that scene in the carriage with the we we're not saying the f word anymore so fangirls. I just wrote I am so uncomfortable. And it's like they're playing it for laughs like you said Bailey, but they're also like Ned is in on it. Ned's like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck these women. And he's like, well, how, how will your father and your mother's close personal friends know that I have a giant floppy ding dong? And the girls are like, tee hee, I don't know. And it's one of two extended sequences about giving head in the movie that are both very uncomfortable to watch. And why are they necessary? <laughs> why are they necessary? This white man wrote it. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> this white head. Possibly heterosexual. We don't know. Possibly. We don't know. I'm Possibly. not looking any further. I'm not, <laughs> well, I'm not going to the amount, Wikipedia page for that. But the amount of yeah. face sucking that Ned and 
Maria do, it's it's po- very possibly a heterosexual role this, or at least yeah. directing it. Well, especially <laughs> the way we end his his homosexual relationship, because he's been he's been hooking up with another actor in the cast, and he has a mustache. And then when the actor breaks up, and he's like, "I'm getting married. Every time I fucked you, I fucked you on a bed on a stage. So it was all really just play all along. And now we've outgrown it, which is like Plus the case. straightest way to write about that. I just. I found it also strange, but like, if his partner is no longer going to be gay, does that remove the like gayness from Ned as well? Does she take the gay with him? <laughs> Taking my gay and going home. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it also like it would have it would have like, and I'm I'm just going to use the phrase the phrasing if I had written this script, but if I had written this script, please don't, please don't, Ashley. I'll do it. <laughs> it, it probably would have been an interesting thing if we knew Ned was trans like explicitly like really like could only portray women and was like no it's because this is who i am because then that relationship would not have been gay but it would have been a very like interesting conversation that we could have led into is like well was this like we're the 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 relationship was gay but it wasn't gay because you know i'm i'm a woman and because there is that like and it is a complicated relationship to have on stage on oh yeah screen But it it, it it didn't really go there. <laughs> it yeah. just sort of was like, yeah. Like it, it was I've there, but it wasn't there. Okay, yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, I've, I've seen people have that conversation where they go back and like, the trans people have realized their exes before they were out, transitioned. Like, well, now they're out as a lesbian. They're like, holy shit, I was always a woman. And ah, it makes sense. And I, I would have loved to see that as a, as a plot line or being like, yes, uh, Ned is trans and we can explore a lesbian relationship with Claire Danes. And that would be fine. I, I hate that he's playing a man. So now he's strong enough. And now he gets to fuck the leading lady. I just hate that as a narrative. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Going Funny back enough, to my notes like, about how angry I am. Yeah. Funny <laughs> enough, on, on that note, like there was a recently uh, Philosophy Tube, Abigail came out as trans uh, yes! a couple of months ago. And she she had a video recently all about, that's the one, about farting. No, it was about um, <laughs> ignorance. It was about uh, willful ignorance. <laughs> and the like there was this whole running joke where she kept talking about her exes and at one point she was like three women who later came out to be lesbians and i still didn't know i was trans yeah (laughs) well like i was rooting for the the trans man relationship because going to back to that weird Mm -hmm. bedroom scene it starts with claire danes like getting into her nightgown and getting in bed and she looks at Ned and she goes i've never slept with a woman or no i've never slept with a man and Ned goes, I've never slept with a woman except for myself. Yeah. Like, like have the cool dialogue. Go do that. And instead, they... They don't. They yeah. just made it about penetration and mm-hmm. gender roles. Mm-hmm. You know, I gotta, say, right. I gotta say, though, just, you know, in regards to, you know, Ned's obvious... You know, I'm gonna say it's obvious, you know, the hinted at gender identity. Mm-hmm. Just the whole formula is there. Like, you know, he's going through life as this very very toxic masculine a person but at the same time you know such he you know comes alive when you know should we say he should we just or should we say they at this point i i am probably i am probably just going to refer to ned as ned just as a yeah like just i I think okay Mm -hmm. well when you know when ned's on stage playing you know desdemona you know like that's the liveliest ned ever really really seems to be Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, we're talking about, you know, quotes that really stuck out to us. But at one point when Ned's telling, uh, 
wow, I keep forgetting character name too. Uh, Claire Danes' character (laughs) talking about, you know, men aren't beautiful or feeling uh, makes it ugly or whatever. And it's just what like, the fuck was that? Okay, what the fuck was that? Because, like, okay. you know how Ned can't never do the death scene right. You know, I couldn't let the beauty die, and it's just so. Are you referring to Desdemona, or are you referring to? Oh, I just almost knocked over a plate sitting near me. Not nope. a good idea. <laughs> or are you? There you go. Or are you referring to your actual identity? Because once you die, that ends your time as a woman for at least tonight. Yeah. And then, you know, having that whole breakdown over, you know, you know, there's no artistry in it. And that as someone who started out by being a drag king and well, I basically started out by playing um, a male character in a show and yeah. that kind of, you know, got me to realize who I am. So that kind of, you know, rang a bell. It's like, oh, Ned's just kind of seeing this as, you know, artistry, but is so deeply connected with it that Ned doesn't realize that's just Ned. No, it, it feels also, right for a reason. I have to agree with you. One of my like most gender euphoric moments was playing Orin Scrivello in Little Shop of Horrors. Awesome. Just like abusive leather, leather daddy, let's go. And, oh, and I also want to talk about how when they, the, the movie tries to be artistic and showing all the role reversal. So I wrote, I wrote down several examples, but I really want to talk about the, the final scene where Mariah gets to play Desdemona and mm-hmm. Ned is Othello. And because it's the early aughts, we're no longer doing all the stagey Shakespearean acting with the hand gestures we learned were feminine. Mm. We're doing the real, I'm acting because I'm yelling. Before and- you do, because I really okay. want to talk about t- that too, but I, I want to kind of jump in on, on, on that, that conversation that we, we like, because there was something about the like, Crap, what were we just talking about? Because I had, like, a real... Uh, gender euphoria in playing a, a, a different gender in a, on stage. Yes, yes. Oh, it was specifically the whole, uh, like, men don't feel. It's just like, oh, uh, women, women don't feel. Women don't feel. It's like, what? Like, what? Th- like, what? That's literally the opposite of what they get stereotyped as. Like, that's yeah. literally how they get dismissed is because you feel too much. It's like, You're too what? emotional. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Like, so that drove me up a fucking wall. But then also this whole feeling of, because especially as a, as a non-binary trans woman, when I was first coming out, I felt a similar way. This idea of like, not the, the feeling thing, but the, about the, like, men are ugly. Men have no form. Men don't like it. And it was kind of being able to live myself and understand myself yeah. that I started to understand that there is, it is a different flavor of beauty that, but, oh, <laughs> but like, you, don't get gross. But like, it was a different style, a different flavor. But a that's different not what, even why I was beauty. giggling. Don't you judge me on my beauty flavors. Excuse me. <laughs> but it was, and it, it's this like, there is this like really interesting thing about masculinity in general, not just clothing, not just literal style, but like there is something really really interesting and beautiful about masculinity that I, because I was trans, I yeah. pushed down and said, no, fuck that. It's all yeah. ugly and it's all bad. All of it. Yeah. Just out. Done. Yeah. So that, that really resonated with me. Now, Maya, let's talk about that because I have opinions too. I have opinions. Oh, so going back to, yes, I am an actor and in my youth, yes, I did have someone in the scene not really do the stage combat version of what we were doing. So I got opinions. Uh, first of all, as someone who loves Shakespeare and does Shakespeare, I know Billy Crudup could do good Shakespeare. No one's actually speaking in the meter. Fuck all y'all. Oh, all right. Like... So 
I, I like that they talked about like here are the gestures that go along with the feminine thing and I love talking about how theater and acting have evolved and mm-hmm. so spending yeah. time on that was fun but then doing the reversal of that what's real not what's stagey what's real where we have a real man playing a man and a real woman playing a woman and I I liked I liked the early aughts girl boss of real women would fight thanks Claire Danes um <laughs> That when we stage this final scene, Othello is going to murder Desdemona because that's what always happens. But instead, it's like a real end of the world fight. and There's real danger there. And I was just mm-hmm. hoping in my heart of hearts we were doing everything safely and it was going to be so upsetting. The audience was upset and then Claire Danes was going to be fine because that's how you do it. That is not what we did. Ned almost kills Mariah and like she chokes back to life on stage and then like Five minutes later, she fucks him backstage because it's sexy and hot now that he's fully realized. And I just wanted to burn shit down after this scene. And it's only acknowledged in like a throwaway line where she's like, you almost killed me. And they're just like, I did. It's like. He's like, I did, but you didn't die. What does that mean? You almost murdered a woman on stage and you're just going to play it off like that. But it it was good acting, though, Bailey. It's total (laughs) aphrodisiac, apparently. So I, and especially like, and, and so Maya is a part of Scowl. Scowl is my stage combat kind of wrestling, but not wrestling show that we do. And I'm really big on stage combat. I'm really big on safety in stage combat. I'm very much from the philosophy. There are a lot of different philosophies on stage combat. I am very much from the philosophy of, I do not want to like, A, safety first, but B, I don't want the audience to ever feel like someone is actually in danger to an extent. There is an extent that like you see it and you feel it and you're like, oh, like I, I, the audience will go along with you for the ride. If they actually think that a person is hurt, then it's not cool. And especially with this, I was not sure. I was letting, I was giving the benefit of the doubt, much like Maya had mentioned, giving the benefit of the doubt that like, oh, this was just really good choreographed something, something. And it wasn't until that line, that throwaway line that Bailey mentioned, this idea of like, oh, I almost killed you. I did. Uh, you almost killed me. I did. That I was like, okay, no, this was unsafe. And not only that, this is a thing for, for, for those of you that are not part of theater, that are not part of, like, I, it, there were so many moments, hey, there are so many moments where Billy Crudup looked like Joaquin Phoenix in The Joker. But, <laughs> like, but like, there are re- there are real problems that are getting addressed and that we're getting finally addressed and fixed, particularly in the Chicago theater scene where a lot of folks were, and it's true throughout the country. This idea of yeah. getting the realism and the the getting the the feeling and the the like, no, I don't want a stage slap, I want a real slap type of bullshit. I was just thinking it of is... this stage slap screenshot, mm-hmm. uh, but the. The movie lost me slightly earlier than that line because there's a part where Claire Dane starts going off script. Billy Crudup is literally picking her off the ground and she is no longer speaking the script. She's saying, he's killing me! And she's yeah. gasping and begging for help. Hmm. And you, you don't add to the Shakespearean text. You only yeah. take away. So. No, but I'm, I'm in the same boat as Ashley with, you know, I wasn't sure what the hell yeah. was going on. Like, was, was this, like, just really intense stage combat trying to get that realism or... Sure. Were we about to witness a murder on stage? Mm-hmm. Which th- that would have been a done. bold move to end with an actual no, murder. It, it made that so uncomfortable to watch because you yeah. don't know, and that's why you want to avoid going to that extent when you're on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, entirely. 
Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure that, like, a lot of that was sort of the point that they were going for was this, like, oh, they're finally seeing something real and they're they're experiencing it. But at the same time, again, like, I don't know. I think they should have just fucking killed her then. I don't want Claire Dan- Danes to die. Oh, yeah. But, I, like, well, okay, if that's what you're going to do, then do that because fuck yeah. you. <laughs> like, yeah, if that's what yeah. you're going to do, let her die. Billy Crudup has to run away to another town and lives life as a woman and it's great the end there you go oh shit oh shit i mean ooh, ooh, that's an even more complicated ooh, because if ned okay. already has to leave town yeah and, and we think ned is trans then like i don't want him if, to, oh, but then i don't want ned to murder someone and be trans no I, I don't well, <laughs> yeah no, and then, then we have a different so, uh, problem uh, to unpack they, they were already uh, playing yeah. into the 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 sexual deviancy idea you know towards the beginning with those two fangirls oh the deviancy yeah. and like the death of the old self now she can be like her best self because she's died on stage mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just so salty about most of this movie i i am so sorry for all of my complaining for whoever requested this i'm stoked to be here and discuss this material i also feel like if i had seen this when i was 15 i would have loved it yeah yeah Nine. That early aughts girl boss feminism. Oh my god, a woman can do it. At like, oh sorry, that you know kind of uh, oddly enough felt relevant when Ned was talking about you know oh a woman actually playing a real woman. Where's the artistry? And I couldn't help but think of the argument that goes on today of trans actors in trans roles. It's like well it's called acting for a reason. And oh the <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> I should be able to play any character. I should mm-hmm. be able to play a tree. Go so play a tree then. Go, Leave. Go play the tree in the background and be fine. <laughs> Thank you very much. Like and it's it is interesting because especially if we look at Ned as a as a closeted trans character, then absolutely these are one hundred percent like I'm on board with Ned, but at the exact same time it's not that and Ned is kind of viewed as the 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 antagonist. Opposite of the protagonist, the antagonist yeah. in that moment, because uh, you know, he is like he is absolutely not like he is an inauthentic person portraying a person that like but then he later goes out to be a fellow the whole thing is just a mess anyway yeah. um like uh, it really is it really is a mess uh, like i think that they they were trying to make a grand statement but again again because they they put a fellow in this and they have these like white dudes <laughs> portraying a fellow because it was period appropriate like and they, they, they hang a lantern not... on it in the beginning of the movie. When the first actor who plays Othello is leaving out the stage door, some fans are like, hey, were you in the show? And he was like, yes, I was. I played the Moor. And they're like, you look different. And he goes, I know, I'm not black. Yeah. Why? 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 Again, they have to hit you over the head with the time period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's not <sighs> how we would have discussed that. And I understand, like, you're not going to do actual period mm-hmm. language because no one would understand your movie. Well, yeah. But, mm-hmm. like... <laughs> Lol, emojis. Gah. Eat that into the sun. <laughs> I'm going to eat this movie into the sun, Ashley. I have no need to watch this again. I, I I've seen like... it. I know it exists. And I'm going to go watch one of those other movies where they teach teenagers to be better at Shakespeare. Was that The Libertine? <laughs> I liked The Libertine when it came out. Maybe I'll watch that again. <laughs> right. No, I feel like the um, the whole, you know, well, yeah, I'm not black uh, line, you know, coincides with just the amount of tone setting i guess you could say you know like when you mentioned you know the guy going around grabbing the butts is you know the butts of everyone dressed as women and when the 
he grab, grabs uh, Claire Danes, but you know, she slaps him away because that's you know what a strong real woman does. Mm-hmm. Like the shoehorned feminism, yeah, is that's always just major cringe for me, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it seems like this movie wanted to say a lot about gender and accidentally stumbled into a trans narrative and didn't know what to do with it, so it panicked and ran away. Yeah. Uh, is kind of what I'm was kind of what I'm seeing. That is the best summation. I'm sorry, Bailey, please. (laughs) No, I'm so disappointed because they had, you know, as we've mentioned, they've had so much that they could have done for a trans narrative that actually would have really worked. Like, I want to say a good 50-60% of this movie I was actually really pleased with Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, a potential trans narrative, and then they just throw it all away. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. that's where we cycle back to this possibly straight white men who don't even bother thinking about what they're writing or thinking of consulting anybody about it mm-hmm. you know that's that's just what you're gonna get yeah like very very often with a lot of these things especially again like narratives like like i say like i i'm a sensitivity reader and i do run a lot of courses on how to better write for trans characters if you're not from that experience and and a lot of it is you don't even know what you don't know until it gets pointed yeah. out and yeah. hopefully hopefully someone will but especially at that time 2004 now here's the thing when i say this that is not an excuse trans people existed in 2004 trans people existed in 1970s trans people existed before the 1970s but no trans people weren't invented until 2010 <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but i i Bailey pointed something out that uh yeah. made me go oh my god that's why i'm salty i in individual pieces, I did really like 50 to 60% of the movie. And mm-hmm. we were recently just talking about some like it hot. And while I didn't love all of it, probably about 60% tops, I still called it a overall enjoyable enough. This one, the I think it had the same number of good pieces, but it was it was the point you just made. The act of throwing it away made me so much angrier. No, I gotta, I gotta mention at the very, very end, you know, like after, you know, that whole ridiculously drawn out like did anybody else feel like that the last scene you know the last you know dramatic uh, smothering of desdemona that that whole scene just dragged on for way too long well and the rehearsal scene before it like oh well now that you've finally gotten what you wanted and you the you have the royals on your side and the funding and you get to do the play i a man i'm gonna show up how do you best be a woman that into the final performance just took forever oh yeah but it's like that whole block of time after you know this you know basically when ned's having a i'd consider you know you know a bit of an identity crisis you know trying to figure mm-hmm. out you know you know because what's his name who you know broke up with uh, ned you know it's like i don't know who you are and i don't think you know who you are either mustache guy yeah mustache guy that's basically what he is mustache guy. daniel mustacheman yep <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yep. but you know at the at the very end, you know, it's just drawn out and then they're sucking face and, you know, then Mariah's just like, so who are you now? And then that just long pause, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, at first, you might, at my first initial viewing, like, okay, at least they're going back to that. They're not like curing quote unquote him. You know what I mean? Just like, you know, saying, oh, look, now Ned's found a way to be a masculine man, you know, no more makeup needed or whatever. So I, I do like that they, you know, came back to that. But really, now that it had time to sit with me, it's like, that's kind of a shoehorned, and I know I'm using that word a lot right now, but that's, that's a very- It's accurate for this movie, though. Yeah. You're, you're using the accurate word. 
it's a very weak way to say no ned's still unsure especially after putting so much dramatic and so much time into that ridiculous yeah. final scene i'm sorry i'm going off on a tangent on it but it's just like <laughs> yeah don't, don't be sorry i think that's extremely apt it's like again they have a trans narrative and they don't know how to really bring it out but the, like the most they can say to affirm the trans narrative is is not to say I know I'm a man now. Just the act of not saying that still makes it like pretty friggin' queer for media of the time. Yeah, mm. I mean this movie was what oh four oh four, so it was probably made in oh two. The play was probably optioned ninety eight ninety nine. Mm. Now the yeah because. I just, I also want to affirm to anyone listening, it is okay not to know. It is okay to be figuring it out. And, you know, like, yeah, maybe that wasn't the point of the story. But at the same time, I don't know what the point of the story was. Like, I really don't know what the change was because he, now he doesn't know. Like, is that point what it is? is to like? explain everything to Claire Danes and then nearly kill her in public. Mm -hmm. And then you get to fuck her at the end. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. You got to have the, the, the man fucking the women. That's really the only. <laughs> the only plot resolution there is is fucking. Mm -hmm. Yay! Fucking. So um, I guess like because I because I guess like I I'm just trying to figure out like okay because that like I I want that to be I want that to feel affirming that like it's okay not to know, but at the same time like in a piece of media, I'm not saying that you need to know that, but there needs to be something that is satisfying. It can still be like, yeah. hey, I'm still figuring out my gender, but like we killed the zombies, right? Like that, like I don't know. Like that wasn't what this movie was. I feel was, like we like... we could have kept it. We could have just like changed the framing a little bit. Like, hey, yeah. I don't know. Can I spend time with you? I like you. Yeah. I'm not going to make you yeah. in charge of figuring out my gender identity, but we can figure it out together in the future. Like, mm -hmm. I think such small changes could have made it an affirming choice. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, look I at these little tweaks. This took us an. This took us less than an hour. <laughs> like we've made so many good tweaks. Yeah, um, yeah. Let, let us cool. workshop your your mediocre queer scripts, guys. Yay! <laughs> Can I say, by yeah, the way, um, mm -hmm. oh yeah, it says. Did anybody else like, especially in that that scene where Ned's like performing in that weird, uh, drunken bar? Oh yeah, like, when he goes to do the low burlesque because he's been kicked out of the good theater, yeah. and we're humiliating him for sport, so we're lifting up his skirt to see if he has a dick or not. Clarendon's barges in, saying, "I'll give you five pounds to not show your dick in this burlesque theater." Mm -hmm. yeah, but here's the thing: like, did anybody else fear? Because like, you know, he had just you know been he had just lost everything, and he was having basically a, you know a whole breakdown. Did anyone else think that he went and performed surgery on himself? I, ooh, ooh, oh shit. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Because they didn't explore that much, I didn't even consider it. But can well, continue down this road. In the, towards the beginning, when, you know, we have that scene in the carriage with those two fangirls, mm -hmm. you know, they mention, you know, like, are you one of those, I, I forget. Strati, Castrati. <gasps> Castrati. Oh, and I'm just, right. I'm just sitting there. Is this like, is this going to be like Chekhov's gun, you know, where they mention it and it's going to happen? Oh, shit. <laughs> I I am much happier that they didn't, but at the same time, oh, based on and especially, thank you for bringing that up because based on everything else that they focus on in this script, like the whole idea of like how far he was willing to go to continue to portray female characters and do it well and do it with with care and with craft and with all this other stuff that he didn't actually know women, but like he 
like it, it would it's not out of the realm of possibility that that would have been a revelation that part of the reason he has such a hard time portraying a man is because he became a castrate or like something like I'm that like so that. glad we didn't do that yeah i'm gonna turn the movie off yeah yeah i was like i was in that scene i was just like they didn't did they <laughs> they didn't wow. right? no they're not gonna and i guess they didn't mm. thankfully but i just feel the setup definitely highly leaned highly suggested that's the word i was looking for highly yeah. suggested that that was going to happen like i said Chekhov's gun or Chekhov's yeah. castration this we're lucky but the writing isn't that good so hey but like <laughs> even that scene that like his absolute lowest is humiliating himself on the basis of gender presentation like that's mm, still such yeah. a trans narrative to me and i just wanted the movie yeah. to give and me he, that yeah, and again maybe this truthfully I, I just I want to throw out also truthfully like and that is absolutely a, a form of sex work that he was providing mm. and again like stating at the top like talking about how sex workers work and sex work yep. is should be respected at the same time there is a, there are a lot of trans folk that get into sex work not because they want to but because they have to and it very much felt uncomfortable to me because it was a he has to not he wants to or Ned has he to has no other option yeah to. yeah or showing it as a mm -hmm. low point in life or playing it for laughs yeah, like, yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, that's the way a lot of mainstream media will portray sex work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's it real. That is another thing that needs to change. But I feel like that could be like a whole other podcast episode, you know? It really, yeah. yeah. Like, honestly, I, I would love to. I don't know if you are trans and a sex worker. Hit me up. If, oh, man, that sounds wrong. But you know what I mean. Hit me up and we'll talk about getting on this. <laughs> Ashley. I can't do this. I clearly Context cannot do this. Context-wise, let's come on. That's going to get isolated and used against me in so many things. Anyway, ah, uh, okay. Nope. Okay, we're back on this. There is only one other scene that I want to make sure that we talk about because I thought it was very interesting. It was when Ned came to beg for ned's ability to portray women again and ned sees the king and the king is about to perform with the king's oh, mistress the king's and... mistress. this whole subplot and we think we're being so clever with our role reversal so when mariah first auditioned she's terrible and yeah. and ned is making fun of her in the audience so that when ned comes to beg for his job back mariah is well dressed and ned sucks and runs out of the castle all ashamed and all these dutch angles follow him around because it's the early mm -hmm. aughts and that storytelling yeah and i think i think it has an implication that i don't know if was intentional which is essentially if you have power you have privilege you can be you can play with gender in some way shape or form oh, whether yeah. trans or not and that and truthfully it is a lot easier to like if you have power if you have influence if you have money if you have these things to be able to express yourself but at the same time it kind of makes it seem like especially because it's illegal at that point yeah you do that that like hmm, hmm. But it's it's also the yeah. epitome of power and privilege because it's not just money it's someone who's literally fucking the king yeah mm. There you uh, go. because she wanted to be an actor she wanted to play men and she's wearing the king's best wig mm. dressed as a man mm -hmm. While we're while they're working through whatever scene that is, yeah, mm -hmm. that is such a good point. I hadn't, I wasn't even thinking about it like that. That's neither really smart. Yeah, and again, like I'm very sure that they didn't intend that either. But also, they didn't intend a lot of things that they've clearly stated. So <laughs> here we are, stage. Here beauty. we are. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> oh, but okay. uh, also, yeah, we we do have a lot of the that dialogue going on now about current celebrities. I don't 
I don't want to name the celebrities and start more more off ramp conversations. I guess, but yeah, no privilege mm-hmm. makes presentation easier. It makes ramifications mm-hmm. less. Oh yeah, it makes care more accessible. Yeah. So like, Definitely. you're the king and or fucking the king. It's really easy to play gender dress up and not get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, is there anything else that we should talk about before we start wrapping up? Because we're we're reaching about an hour. One thing that definitely, at least, solidified the trans narrative or the possible trans narrative for me was when after that whole crazy rehearsal, and you know they're happy that they you know finally got things so you know real. When Ned says, "I blame you for my death," you know, mm-hmm. like there is. Oh my god, that closet door is just wide open. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I'm gonna say because I think we've already touched on the ending. You know, yeah. we, we've we're being a dead horse at that point. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. cool. So in that case, we're gonna ask the questions that we usually ask: Is it transphobic and is it enjoyable? They could be, you know, like they because maybe there's a difference and you can answer this in a scale of one to ten it could be a yes or a no it could be a noise that you associate with your feeling on on the (laughs) question being asked however you choose to express it let's start with you know let's start with is it enjoyable because i think particularly for some of you i already know the answer to that question maya why don't you go first was it enjoyable no (laughs) thank you maya (laughs) i'm gonna say in terms of you know, those parts that I mentioned, as well as a decent amount of the acting, I'm going to say it was at least, I don't regret spending money to rent it. Mm. So was it enjoyable? Eh, it was all right. I wasn't yeah. pausing it for five minutes to cringe, so that just didn't say enough. I I will say I found it enjoyable enough. There were moments that were interesting. I don't regret watching it, but I do think it was not the best thing. I also it was also nice to feel a certain nostalgia for this like very weirdly specific genre of early aughts play adapted yeah. into film that is a period piece but that they don't speak a period language it's like a really the, weirdly the specific techno remix music of the hammer dulcimer it's just like oh no i know what year it is i i would recommend people should watch quills i haven't watched it in a while it is very intense but it's about the, yes. the marquis de Sade, and it's it's a lovely one and lovely is a very interesting word for that but you know what, you know what i will say you know just in terms of enjoyability with this it's that type of movie where you are, you know, you watch it and you're like, okay, that wasn't bad. And then you just never give a shit about watching it again. Ever. Yeah. I'm probably God, never going to memory hole. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I don't know why I mean, it's definitely not going to rewatch it. Yeah. <laughs> One of those ones that you find in like the $5 bin at the, of DVDs at Walmart. You're like, oh yeah, I remember this movie. It was uh, that guy, that guy was in it. Right. And there was that, that scene. All right. What else is in here? Yeah. 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 It's, I would not feel shame having it on my DVD wall. I just don't think I would actively go out and get it. That would be one of those like, oh, sure. Yeah. A bunch of DVDs. Yeah. I'll take that. So now that we've gone into detail about the enjoyability, transphobic. Was it transphobic? I'm going to vote marginally yes. I'm going to say to have all these, to me, obviously, trans narratives. And then the moral of the story is you're not trans. You just need to assert your manhood. I think that's bad. I'm going to say it's a mixed bag leaning towards yes. Again, you know, you know, we have the whole narrative really set up there, but it leaves it so ambiguous what the film is actually trying to say 
And then, of course, the but what really, you know, tilts the scale more towards yes for me is that whole ridiculous hetero cisnormative ending that we got with that one line to try to, I guess, put a band-aid over a gaping wound, you know, with the who are you now? I don't know. I don't know. So I'm going to say it's definitely not as transphobic as shit that I've seen in the past. <laughs> Tootsie. But, and you saw but the, yeah, musical Tootsie. Tootsie. <laughs> yeah, the musical of Tootsie. Oh, I auditioned for the musical of Tootsie. So then I went back and watched the movie of Tootsie and I regretted that deeply. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say a five and a half out of 10 with 10 being the most transphobic. Cool. I, on kind of uh, borrowing that scale, I would probably give it a six or a seven just because it is, mm. it is a wasted potential movie. There are so many good nuggets. There's so many like small things that are like, this is good. Like, I see why it get again, like I see why it's recommended to us, even though there are no explicitly trans characters, there's no like anything there. It's just because it is a wasted potential and because there are so many things that they start talking about and then end yeah. poorly, it just it feels like it's even worse, in my opinion. Yeah. So I, I would give it about a seven. Yeah. So Tell people how to find you on the internet if you want them to find you. Sure. Don't perceive me. Uh, but if you must, I, I can usually be found on my website. That's mayamurphy.actor. And if you want to stalk me on Twitter, mostly I'm just posting pictures of my cat. It's Maya Axe. And it's Maya Axe is and Maya is an actor, not Maya Axe. And she is a barbarian who will cleave you in twain because that's just me at D&D. Why not both? I'm not why always not? doing D&D stuff on Twitter is the only why not both. <laughs> You you know you always pronounce it though like I'm always thinking it's barbarian style. <laughs> it's so funny. You know it's my gaming headset. It's not too good with those yeah. dental consonants. Uh, there, there we go. There we go. Thank you for uh, enunciating uh, every fairly. <laughs> <laughs> my first note I had about this movie was that the 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 Billy Crudup doing the I'm a lady voice would not carry in a theater. Okay, I'm done now. <laughs> For me, you can find me uh, mostly active with Instagram. It's me underscore Bailey C. You could also find me on Twitter at it's me under it, it's me Bailey C. There's no underscore in that. My Instagram's like the only one with the underscore. I don't know how that happened, but I'm not changing it. You could also, you could also follow me on my Instagram where I'm posting. Drag pictures, uh, photos from my pole dance, aerial hoop, and things of that nature. Blissfully Oliver. Uh, you could also find my sort of active Facebook uh, page, Bailey C. Ellis. Yeah, just go follow me. I post shit every now and again. Awesome. And uh, you can find me at AshleyLaurenRogers.com. You can find me on Twitter at Lucretia Deerfor, L-U-C-R-E-T-I-A-D-E-A-R, and then the number four. Yes, that was the name of a steampunk character that I used to portray. No, I'm not changing it either. Uh, <laughs> and you can also find these are transphobic uh, podcast at isittransphobic.com. You can look for us on Instagram and on Twitter at is it transphobic? You can go to patreon.com slash is it transphobic. And yeah, we've also got a coffee, ko-fi.com slash is it transphobic if you just want to kick me a couple of bucks. Cool. So thank you both so much for joining me today. I'm sorry that the piece wasn't as good as it could have been. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to hold you personally responsible for the quality of all media going forward. There you go. Oh, yeah. I also forgot to uh, plug... Uh since I'm just trying to actually do stuff on it, uh, TikTok, same thing. It's me, Bailey C. Follow me on there. I post a lot of trans stuff. <laughs> Love it. And Maya, you have a video game? 
or something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do. I own several video games. Uh, but I'm also in one. Uh, my, uh, the... <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm here all week. So my multiple characters in a point-and-click adventure that just came out. It's called Strangeland. It is published by Wajidai Games. You can find it on Steam, Humble Bundle, Humble Bundle and GOG. Is It Transphobic was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers. The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com.